0: yo 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 it's matt
1: hey it's josh what's up it's your boy darius
0: you are now tuned into another episode of dominate the decade podcast let's go i'm trapped in i'm trapped in i know it hey i know
2: i'm trapped I'm, tra- I'm trapped i know i'm trapped yeah yeah hey look I heard my nigga talking about me. which was getting closer? Uh, Niggas, saying breaking bread. I don't even know you. This
3: episode is sponsored by the Good Brothers over at Golden Wings by Friars Gate Kitchen in Irmo, South Carolina. Featured on episode seven of the podcast, this black-owned restaurant serves up the best wings and plenty of other things in Columbia. Located at 7971 North Woodrow Street, Suite 10, Jason and James are your go-to spot for wings, fish, turkey burgers, salads, and much more. On September 5th, Golden Wings will also be hosting an event titled Corvette In that will double as a listening party for local artist Bria Monet's latest album. Social distancing will be enforced. Y'all make sure to check out that event as well as James and Jason at Golden Wings. Now here's the episode.
0: Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Dominate the Decade podcast. <coughs> we have today a special guest, my guy, one of my good friends, Chris Pam. Chris, how you doing today?
2: I'm doing good, brother. I'm doing good. How you doing?
0: Doing great. Happy to have you join us for an episode of Dominate the Decade. Uh, the reason I chose Chris was because Chris is a stand-up dude, Class A act, and uh, he has a great story, you know, fighting adversity and continue to push on for your dreams. So without further ado, Chris, so talk to us a little bit because we want the audience to, get to know you a little bit. Let's start with high school. Uh, how was your high school experience at Blythewood High School, and how was, like, the recruiting process go?
2: Um, the experience was pretty good. Um i say freshman year, you know, um, I had a, a lot of a lot of older cats to look up to. You know what I'm saying? A lot of cats that took me underneath their wing that guided me. From an educator point of view, um, I didn't really get educated to you know about NCAA until, like, my junior year, meaning, like, you got to take your core classes. That's basically what they pay attention to, not your overall GPA. So when it started to round up to my junior year, um, I handled my business on the field. But um, – in the classroom, yeah. I mean, everybody had that knucklehead and I was just so happy to be that knucklehead. <laughs> not because I was, you know what I'm saying, not educated. It was just, I was just being a knucklehead. I was very smart. I just didn't put the work in. Um, so next thing you know, you know what I'm saying, when school started recruiting, you know what I'm saying, midway in my junior year, um, I had I had a lot of, um, well, I had a couple of FBS schools that came, um, schools like Louisville, the so Wake Forest, the Georgia Southern schools like that. But I didn't know that you needed um, a certain GPA core wise to be qualified to be able to play NCAA on um, ball. So um next thing you know, it, it followed up with me my senior year. Um I started doing what I was supposed to do, classroom caught up with me. So thank God on that part. Um and next thing you know is I qualified the last second. And it was crazy because once I had the last second meaning, like the last second meaning the last day of school senior year. So that means a lot of schools didn't want to wait on me. So they moved forward. I had a couple of FCS schools that stayed with me, like a Wofford, Chris Chan, and with a dude named Justin Bethel who played in the league who came from PC. I thought going that route right would be the best for me, so I had to decide to choose Christian.
0: Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And so in high school, didn't you get to go to one of the one of those national combines?
2: Yeah, um, it started. Well, it was I was a sophomore. Um, I got invited to the Nike Region as a sophomore. Um, and then every year since then, I've been going to Nike Regional. Then I got invited to the Army All-American Combine in San Antonio. Then I got invited to the Rival 150 in the region in um, Charlotte. Sheesh. Hey, Chris, what position do you play? Corner.
0: Oh, okay. Gotcha. So then whenever you chose to go to Presbyterian, uh, how did that go for you there, and uh, what what happened from there?
2: Oh, man. Um, throughout? When I went to PC, um it was good coming in. Supposed to be you know what I'm saying, the number one crew coming in, meaning being the go to guy that was planning on playing. But um things didn't go that route. For some reason, I guess. Um I went there, did my thing on the field for um I did my thing on the off season and carry on with me doing fall camp. And that's when the last year when NCAA allowed two a day of practice. So we doing two a day, did my thing and practice in the morning and in the afternoon. And next thing you know is, you know what I'm saying, um when thing was going on it was a lot of crooked stuff going on behind the scene that started to, like, open up my eyes, like how coaches started doing the players. And I didn't like that, you know what I'm saying? Because don't don't come to my house, recruit me, and lie to my grandma saying that I'm a player, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But in reality, you know what I'm saying, by the time I got there, it was, like, the opposite. Okay, you did everything right, but you still like, not getting a chance to play. And I didn't respect that, you know what I'm saying? At that time, I was a young man, which I am still a young man, but – let's be real if you gonna not play me, just tell me that you know what I'm saying don't 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 shoot no stuff up my behind and up you know what I'm saying my grandma' behind, and then expect everything to be cool I don't you know what I'm saying I don't tolerate that. I' respect that just be honest from day one, so once they told me that um I uh, decided not to waste no time and I ended up choosing to go to Juco route, which was Georgia Military College after that first semester at first
0: hearing so the juco route you y'all a lot of us watched last chance you. How right. is that, or is it completely different, or what was your experience
2: like at Juco? Um, if y'all go to my page at ChrisPam13, capital K, um, K H R I S and Pam13. Y'all would see that I post a uh, um a tweet. I pinned on my profile. Um, it was basically same. Last year he was at Georgia Military. Y'all would have looked at Juco football a whole lot different. Um, meaning, I'm saying this straight up. I mean, anybody can see this we would have dominated those teams on last chance here. Um, it would have been one team that gave us a challenge, and I would probably be, well, that will be East Mississippi. Everybody else, you know what I'm saying, we would have easily dominated. Talking about the schools in Kansas, we would have dominated. Um, we're going JUCO. We're going to Georgia Military College. A lot of people just look at it from the military point of view. You no, know, the military helps build your character there. Um, it's not hard, you know what I'm saying, do what you're supposed to do. First semester, well, first quarter there, you know what I'm saying, JUCO right go by quarters. If people don't understand that they go by quarters, not semesters. So quarters are very shorter. Um, so when I first got there, didn't know what to expect. Only I know his Coach Manchester, he was defense coordinator. There. He recruited me out of high school because he knew that I qualified the last second. And he was like, yo, you know what I'm saying? I knew you had D one offers, so don't even choose to settle for anything less. Just go ahead and come to me and I get you out there. But you know what I'm saying, knowing me D one to D one. So I was like, man, Bumble coach, I'm going to D one route. So he was a man of his word. Like I said, that's something I can respect. He was a man of his word and said, Yo, look even though you took that route, if you're not happy, I promise you I'll always have a scholarship for you. And you can come here. So I'm like, all right, cool. I actually called him. and He was a man of word, had a scholarship on the table waiting for me. When I first got there, it was crazy. Um, they didn't know what to expect with the military. But at that point, I'm like, yo, look here. If I want to continue to play ball, this is on the only route that I have to go. I'm not going to Kansas so my family can't see me. So it was either Butler or Georgia military. I chose Georgia military, went out there. I was a plebe. People don't understand what a plebe is. At first, that's when you're at the bottom of the ranking. they treat you like crap. But football point of view, you're not you're on the plebe. It's where they see you on the death chart. So it was good handling both. You know what I'm saying? After my first quarter there, graduated there from a plebe to a first sergeant. Once you get ranked, you got the TV, all that in your room. You have a ball. So people don't understand that part. They just look at, oh, you going military the whole time you didn't know, bro. You handle your business then. You can chill out later. Um So it was fun. Juco point of why for, for football, those are, like, the realest cats I've played with in my whole life. Me and, like, them cats later would. We played all – like, we played. Um, Lackawanna, ACS, Miami, like, schools like that, and Hutch, and we bust everybody. Um, we lost one game. That was in Navarro. You probably heard of them. Um, we lost them first game. Everybody got big-headed. Thought We, we was ranked number five in the nation, big-headed, and didn't show up to work. When you don't show up to work, you get smashed, and we got smashed first game, to be honest with you. Um, but I built a long life. Like I built some real brotherhood. Like I, I, I built some some chemistry with a lot of cats I'm still cool with still to this day. So it built a lot of relationships that I, I can honor. Um, and it's not meant for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Get on at 5 o'clock and not going to bed until 11.30 every night. Yeah. And then sometime midnight or 1 o'clock in the morning. But it's not built for everybody. Um, Lights are 11 o'clock. No TVs. That's just how it is. Live on cement floors. You got bunks. So it's not, you know what I'm saying? It's not for everybody, but it's, it's basically for the strongest. So it was a, definitely uh, a heck of a a memory that I can that I can cherish in my life. So two
3: two questions for you right out the bat. Um, uh-huh. What was the balance between football and the military stuff at uh, this military college and uh-huh. the, uh y'all's team? You said y'all would beat all these other teams that we've seen on uh, Last Chance, You on um, uh-huh. things. What made y'all better uh, than them? Like,
2: what about y'all's team made y'all so good? Okay. Um, answer your first question. The balance was it took me, it took me a quarter yeah, to balance out my schedule. Meaning um, you know, like okay, we do the military in, in the morning, so basically we start workouts at five o'clock in the morning. So from five to five thirty, you know, from five to six we do workouts. Uh, formation was at six thirty. So basically, how I handled that once I finished practice and all that, I go shower, go workouts, and then I go shower. Once I go shower, give my um, uniform together. Um, had to manage my uniform, had to be crisp, and, um, had to be ironed a certain way. Everything had to be conducted a certain way. So once I handled that, I went to formation, um, handle all that. Once formation was done around 7, 7.30, they allow you to have your schedule. So from that time on, you're nothing but military. You don't handle nothing but football from the morning, and then you don't get back to football till probably three o'clock, four o'clock in the afternoon. So in those gaps, you're nothing but, like, you're nothing but military property. So with that being said, you handle your schoolwork, you um, chill out. When you're out in opening, you have cats that's higher ranked than me. So I had to salute cats that was older than me. Well, not older, but it was young cats that had a higher ranking. Um, that was actually in the military. You know what I'm saying? you actually with people who's actually in the military. So from that time to then, I was with the military. Then once 3 o'clock hit, 3 or 4 o'clock hit, that's when we went to film. And from like 3 to 4, I know at 4.30, we on the field. And from 4.30 to 6.30, you know, i practice. And then after that, we had to go to dinner. So back in your uniform, you go, even though you're sweaty and all that. Back <laughs> to your uniform, you go, and you go marching to the dining hall. You still had to make sure you salute the right person. If not, it's a thing called boring. It's punishment. Lord have mercy, punishment. Um, I had to watch dishes that time because I didn't want to do – I didn't want to rep sack. So from like 7 or 7.30 to 8, 8.30, and then you go back to your room. From 8.30 to 9, it's study hall. So, if your GPA is good, you ain't got to do sit hall. So, look, at my mine was good. First semester, first quarter, I had to do it just because that was my first semester there. After that, I was fine. And from all the way up until 930, you're you basically free. I mean, after that. And from 30 to 11, you got, you got a little bit of free time, then lights out. So, that was the everyday schedule. Nothing changed unless we had a weight game. We did play Army prep that allowed the schedule to change a little bit. We didn't have to go to class on Monday, so we had the day to ourselves. Then back Tuesday, back to that same exact schedule. So that that is the balance. That's one that I could like. The structure was there. Ain't no change in schedule. Without. Okay, well, day we did this at formation at 7. So formation ain't going to be the 9. Only way things change, if we had a parade or just an emergency formation that we had to check, make sure everybody here. So, so, you so other than that. Coming. Huh? So
3: you knew what was coming every day.
2: Right. You knew exactly what was coming every day. Same routine. So that's why it carried on with me here because, like, I wake up in the morning, I got to make up my bed. Never did that, you know what I'm saying? Never did that before I left. I never, I mean, I, I wasn't a nasty person though. My room was always clean. It was just, the bed at times, I just hadn't made it up. Um, so now every day I wake up, that's the first thing I done. Um, so that carry on with me, which is a good thing. And then next thing you know is, with balancing, I'm gonna come back to that part. I gotta add one more thing to it. But with, with you talking about Last Chance U teams, um, I say what made us different, I mean, we got a lot of cats that was on their last strike, which is the same for other schools, which is Juco. But I feel though like we we was more of a special type of group. The reason I said that, if you look at the history of GMC, it's a lot of dogs that came out of there. And for that year, we just had a bond. It got to the point, if you go to the military and you got to see that, the same cat every day, and y'all going through the struggle every day, you ain't got no choice but to fight for that person. You know what I'm saying? And with that being said, once we got on the field, it was nothing but brotherhood. We fill in gaps. When people mess up, we fill in gaps. Um our chemistry, I think the reason I say we were more better, because you pay attention, they show certain stuff that allows them to look good. Now, you look at all the other coaches that be going off. We had one of the best coaches. Um thank God he beat canceled his non-code William. He's still there at GMC. But Lachie not, we had a we had chemistry so good. It it wasn't even funny no more. We 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 did cookouts. We watch movies. Uh, as a team now, I ain't talking about a different group. We watched movies. We went to the lake. We went out. Um, now, keep in mind, we did the military together. And next thing no, you know what I'm saying, we, we sprint together. Yeah, you may get in a fight with your brother. Is it what it is? You're going to say what you got to say. That's good. Say what you got to say off the church. But at the same time, we okay. Everybody mad for a day or two. Then right back to reality. Everybody know what we're trying to chase. So, that's what I say. I mean, we would beat them. Cats. A lot of them cats were selfish. Now, keep in mind, we did have some selfish cats on the team. but. They got booted. It was one person who didn't get booted. He was, was just that talented dude. I mean, he was talented. You know what I'm saying? That's somebody I go to battle with. Was he bigger than the team? No, but he got gut check at the right time that allowed him to be like, okay, let me open up my eyes and go, like, all right, I'm not bigger than the team. Okay. Um, so that's why I said we'll beat them. We just carried ourselves. Dude, we're in a small little town called Millerfield. Yeah, they in Kansas, yeah, they in Florida. We, they I mean, they all over, but we don't have nothing to to them. It was a racist town, Baldwin County, Georgia. The fans love their football now. But outside of you had to carry yourself different. This was before they really start videos like re- like recording stuff down there. We ain't had no connection down there. You had I mean, ask anybody, search up Baldwin County when you get a chance. You're in a small little town. I know you watch it. So like a little small town like it. Um and then going back to handling my schedule for the like, you know what I'm saying? For the people who got like a girlfriend and boyfriend, whoever. Um that that was a little challenge part low key because I never had a Uh, structured schedule every day to like manage that. So like I had to get on the same schedule so that my girl, you know what I'm saying, she understand that I had this, I had A, B, C and D to do. And she understand it was the same schedule every day. So she knew what time that I was caught, you know? And on the weekends you were just free.
0: Okay. Okay, so that makes a lot of sense. And then, so you left Georgia. So you, how long were you there for at Georgia Military?
2: Uh, I got there. I left PC first semester. Like I told you, that was on a quarter, so they quartered it and start back up to February. Um, so from December to January, I was chilling, um, home working out, and then February, February to that December. Actually, told my I said my miss is uh, November ish, uh, late October ish. So once I did that, I graduated in December.
0: How tough was that rehab? And then I know, I think I met you, I know I met you at USC. So uh, how did that go from there, from the rehab to you getting to USC? What was that process?
2: Oh, man. Rehab was challenging, man. That's like the first, it was very challenging. That was like the first actual adversity that I had to go through physically. Uh, Mentally, I went through a lot, but. Phys- like I meant mentally I went through a lot, but physically it was like the first legit challenge that I had to go through. Um that that right there was tough. I had to learn how to walk again. Um never knew how to take this um injury. I had a partner who, who had an injury. But he tore all the ligaments. I didn't tore all the ligaments, just two of them. So I'm like, okay, cool. How I'm handling this. God, how like you, you know what I'm saying, you allow everybody to do this and that, but you just set me back. And a lot of people know setbacks, but no, like nothing but a major comeback. Um, so when I handled, it, I went to Apex, had a surgery, stitches in my knee and stuff. I didn't know how to handle, it. so when I started going to Apex. The rehab was good. I was almost there, but for some reason something wasn't clicking. It was a doctor. I'm not gonna name his name because um, he he didn't do his part. And I'm just gonna say it like that. So once he did was once he done my surgery, I was rehabbing Apex with Brian. As I was rehabbing, next thing you know is my meniscus snapped back in half. So, the reason I knew it snap back and had was my knee just kept tightening up. After the workout, it was tightening up. It wouldn't allow me to bend it all the way. So, with that being said, I'm like, oh man, like, it's, you know what I'm saying? It's not me. I know my body. It's something wrong. So, as I'm going through the process, now keep in mind, when I was at GMC, I had Temple, Georgia Southern, and USC recruit me and, and um, Bowling Green. And out of those schools, once Temple and all of them found out, I had I tore my ACL and my meniscus and I was done for the season. They all put their offers back. The only school that did not put their offers back was Sacramento. Much do you know what I'm saying? That's why I can respect him because at the end of the day, he honored knowing I was injured. You know what I'm saying? He was like, yo, I'm still gonna take care of you. You come here, I got you. So he like, once you rehab, then go ahead and get clear, and then you, you know what I'm saying, you able to play ball for it. So I'm like, all right, cool. Then once I found out I hadn't had to have surgery again, I'm like, yo, coach, you know what I'm saying? I called him, I'm like, yo, I have another setback. So in order for me to even get on the field or even get to the facility, I had to get clear first from my daughter. And then I get I get um try again for their daughter. I get you know some reevaluate from their daughter. So it's crazy because next thing you know is I had to go through the process three more times. So I had to total four surgeries. So within two years I had to have four knee surgeries, major. Um three of them by the same doctor. Um I told you I ain't pronounce his name well I ain't gonna say because it's it's um it's legal activity going on with that right now. But he didn't do his part. So I had to go through the process three times in a row. come my knee just kept swelling. And what he was doing, he was stitching my meniscus up, but wasn't actually repairing it. So when you stitch it up, once you do all the jumping and stuff, it only gonna last but so much, then it's gonna snap again. And when it snaps, it's floating. And when it's floating, your knee can't bend. It's not able to you bend and cut like it used to. So once I can say this doctor name, Dr. Guy, that's when um uh, Carolina. Um, so if y'all ever had a problem which Lord forbid it, go to Dr. Guy, who the best is in it, you know what I'm saying, he the best in the business. So when he actually, you know what I'm saying, once I got to USC, I was clear to go. Um they had the um they had the little reevaluation thing for me to make sure, like, okay, can you cut? Can you plant? Okay. And once I passed that, I was good to go. And next thing you no, know, once I got to USC, um that spring, well, I was there for that fall, but you know what I'm saying, wasn't eligible until that spring. Once I got there, planting, and cutting, everything was good, practice going smooth. Moved up on the depth chart, second on the depth chart. Was on special team, doing my thing. Next thing you know is, got injured again. My knee, my knee felt tight. We were doing, we were doing the last drill before practice number my five was over. Doing the last drill, doing little plant cut drills on air, and when I planted, try to avoid the the um the bucket, you know what I'm saying? Them little big buckets that look like old linemen. Yeah, yeah. All right. So when I dipped and swim under, um, I felt my knee got heavy. So I'm scratching my head. I'm like, yo, t rob like, yo, my knee heavy. So t rob I told Mushan, Mushan, I'm like, okay, we're gonna get an MRI for you. Got an MRI, found out my meniscus snapped. And I still off the surgery that that old dude did. Not, not God, but other dudes. So that was his third surgery on me. The so doctor guy was like, bump it. I'm here. I'm gonna take care of you. Let me get a look. So he seen that meniscus flowing. He actually repaired it. And it was tough. Um, most of them came to a decision. Um, thank God they paid for everything. You know what I'm saying? Until he told me he'd take care of me because I had a lot of money to go. So, he, um they actually paid it. Um, They actually took care of me and gave me everything I need. And next thing you know, the doctor got repaired it. It looked great. The best I ever felt. Still cutting, planting. The swelling is not there. Never had none. Winter, not locking up on me. None of that. Um, Thankful for it. Told you everything happened for a reason. I'm glad it did happen. But now, I'm in the best situation I can ever be in my life. So. That's what I'm thankful for. Um, so once everything happened, I me mean, much have decided that it was best for me to part ways. They didn't think I was going to be the Chris family that they thought I was going to be for them. So um, he said he can help me anywhere he can. I can honor him and respect him for that. He was a man of his word. And uh, I chose a different route to that.
0: This episode of Dominate the Decade is brought to you by the good folk over at Moctezuma's Taqueria head over to one of their locations in Columbia, South Carolina, one of which is 4341 Fort Jackson Boulevard, the other one being 506 Beltline Boulevard for some of their specials. On Monday, they have margaritas for $3 for the small ones, $5.50 for the medium ones, and Taco Tuesdays, which is three tacos for $3.99. Now back to the action.
1: Real quick, just in case, you know, people are watching this and they're not quite, you know, up to date on like the newest trends in sports and like, you know, the different, uh. I guess, leagues and whatnot in which you can play. So, what exactly is a JUCO, and, like, what's the difference between that and, you know, like a like a four-year program or, like, a different type of program that you could also uh, play sports in and whatnot?
2: Okay. So, JUCO is a junior college, meaning, like, um, you're only able to be there for two years, and then you get a associate's degree. So, it's no be there for three years, four years. No, nah, it's only two years. That's the max. And a lot of athletes use that avenue. And the reason I say that is because you only got to be there like a semester. It depends on who you are. If you're a qualifier, when it's meaning like, you you're, you know what I'm saying, your SAT scores and your, um, your SAT scores and your GPA meet a certain requirement, then you qualify. Meaning you only got to be there a semester then you can mm-hmm. get out. And then for like regular students you can also take the JUCO route. Right? You can also graduate an associate's degree. They call it a, um, a bridge program. A lot of people do it here with Midlands Tech and go to South Carolina sign. Huh? That's, That's a two year cool. institution. And then what's the difference between that and the four-year four years? Four year, basically, I mean, it, it it basically speaks for itself. Four years, um, you get your bachelor's in four, and you start your clock already with your time with NCAA because the clock once you step on campus that clock ticks with NCAA, we're allowing you to play. Next thing you know, for JUCO, your clock don't start until you actually play, you actually get on the field. Mm-hmm. So, um, so. Division two is, I mean, not Division two, but JUCO is just very smaller. Um is more of a community instead of like a big university or a four year division, which is like everybody and mom and sister and the daddy cousin, everybody. I got you.
3: Appreciate you clearing uh, that up for everybody. I oh
2: didn't yeah.
3: Know that about that? That's convenient though. Um, that it starts whenever you actually get on the field because you hate to uh, have eligibility being lost when you're not. The field. Yeah.
0: A hundred percent. So, like you said, the clock keeps ticking, and it starts as soon as you get on the campus. And then so whenever, I know, so whenever you left USC, you were trying to go ahead and get back on the field and keep going. So where did you land right. after that?
2: I landed at Newberry College, actually. Um, it was best for me to go down division. That's the division two. The reason I say it was good for me to go down division is because I only had two semesters left for um, division one, meaning, like, I was only able to play two more semesters, and I'm done. My, my, um, my clock would be officially over for division one. But division two, my clock I had a lot of more well, I had a lot more time at Division Two than Division One. Division one, your clock don't stop. Even though I got hurt and all that, it don't stop. Unless I do like the appeal. And appeal takes a long time. I didn't feel like doing that. Um uh-uh. in division two, I looked at the platform, it was a better chance for me to making it to the league with me going to division two. The reason I say that, there's a lot of dogs that come out of division two and the position was set for me to come there. My cousin Chance, he played at he played at Newberry. Now he had a garden well. He got me there and the coaches brought me in, they offered me a scholarship on the spot. Um so I'm still for school, God be the glory. Crazy ain't it. And next thing you know is I, I didn't even step foot on the field before they gave me a scholarship. They had watched my film and gave me a scholarship. So it's like once I got there, thank God everything worked out. I got there and NCAA denied my appeal, meaning like they said, Yo, you sitting out this semester. I'm like, yo, what happened? Oh, this just recent last fall. I'm like, yo, what happened? You know what I'm saying? And so now they re-evaluate my appeal and they gave my year eligibility back. So keeping my office, being graduate, but now since COVID came, um, to graduate December. Um, and if I were to graduate this December, then that semester would have counted against me. I had two more semesters left. So since we're not playing, it, it was smarter for me to be like, all right, coach, uh, we just go back to the drawing board. I'm not coming this semester. I'll be back in January when the season starts. And then play again in the fall. And I'm graduating next spring. And I'm going to play back to back and then put my name in the draft in November. And that's the smartest decision for me to do. Teams are asked about me. Um, coach ain't never told me which teams yet, but teams are asked about me. So it's like I'd be a two year starter in one year. That's crazy. Ain't it? And have yet to play for them. <laughs> so everything everything worked out for real, man. God had his ways. I used to question him, like, God, really? You know what I'm saying? And it's like, Open up my mind, you know what I'm saying? He like, Yo, this is what I got planned for you. Eventually, you was gonna understand it, but now you start to see what I have planned for you this whole time.
0: Hey, you know, I know y'all have heard the quote, Whenever the weight is over, you'll understand why the weight was necessary. So it seems like that's been proven right here. And when you say teams, you mean NFL teams, right?
2: Yeah, um, yeah, it was three of them. Um, don't know the team, but I'm, I'm definitely gonna find out and get back with you.
0: <laughs> for sure, for sure. So COVID-19, I see this thing has come through and kind of just did like a swoop and has really interrupted a lot of people's plans. How do you think that affects with the SEC continuing to play and then obviously like the Big Ten and the Pac-12, they're uh, shutting it down?
2: I feel as though that it's bogus. The reason I said it's bogus is because you're not playing for nothing. The NCAA president announced two days ago that we're not having no championship at either level. So, a lot of people don't understand, like why, 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 why? I mean, because the money not there. NCAA is about money. All this is about business. Only reason SEC and uh, um, ACC and the uh, Big 12 are playing. Yeah, the Big 10 and Pac-12 got money, but it's like, the reason they're playing because they're just gonna put a whole lot of money into this with the testing and all that. Everybody forget, you gotta pay for testing. It's not free. None of this is not free, you gotta pay for it. And my thing, I think it's, like I said, it's bogus because you're not playing for nothing. So, you just wanna play. Let's say you're a conference winner instead of waiting in the spring and actually have a championship. So I think it's bogus that they're pushing to the play. A lot of my peers that I know, they kind of mad about it because, like, they're not playing for nothing, so it's no point in playing. Um, so a lot of them going to hop out. But well, I think it's smart for the Big Ten pack Tour to do what they had to do um, and, and jump the bandwagon because at the end of the day, people don't understand how to take this COVID. Um, my mom, girlfriend, her son, just went to Texas Tech and I think Texas, 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 Texas. is our one of. Them. And he just went to fall camp like two weeks ago. Now he fighting for his life because he got COVID. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people don't understand. They take that one time for you to get because COVID hit everybody different. It take that one time for you to get it, and you don't know what you're gonna be fighting for your life. You're gonna lose weight. You you're gonna get real sick and not be the same. No more. A lot of people don't understand how to take this thing. So why take a chance and playing ball and being around everybody? Yeah, yeah, they supposed to be your brothers, but. You don't know what they do at nighttime. You know what I'm saying? You don't know how – you know what I'm saying? Do they watch? They actually wash their hands? You don't know what they do. I'm not saying they nasty. No. But you just don't know what everybody do when they go home. So, it's like, why take a chance in playing if you're not going to play for the natty? You know what I'm saying? You're playing for no reason. Because now we ain't going to know who's going to be no one in the nation, if you want to be
3: honest. So, how do you feel uh, other players' sentiment is about this COVID-19 situation? Like, you see a lot um, of – like, hey, we want to play. This is an opportunity for us and then you hear people with the same mindset as you, it's like, oh, we need to take this uh, coronavirus seriously. How do you feel like the majority of players are reacting to this?
2: I look at it like politics. I mean, certain stuff you just don't get into because it's like you're talking to a brick wall when you try to speak facts into the people. So it's like, when I be trying to, well, me, I mean, if somebody asks me, then I tell them, but then I just don't go out and be like, yo, why you playing, like, you feel me, you know what I'm saying? But it is what it is. People got their own point of view. Some people, you know what I'm saying, you just can't get it through their thick hair because they think they know it all or they just don't believe. Um And some people, I understand why they're playing, because it's all that they have, and nine out of 10, it's a 50-50 chance. They may not get this semester back. They may they may get it back. Who knows We're dealing with NCAA? So, it's like, they're taking a chance, and if they want to take that chance, then I not going to spread that. But at the end of the day, I the reason I'm more leaning and more calm about it because I have another semester to play. So it's like with them, one of my partners, name Blue, he, he a corner, he um he a corner for us at Newberry, and he's opting out. He, you know, what I'm saying he got a great chance to making it to the league. He has a daughter, so I can understand why he's not doing it. If you know what I'm saying, people give me a legit reason why they're not doing it. Then okay, I can respect that. But if you're saying, no, nah, I just want to play, I just want to play, then like, dude, okay, what you playing for? Cause you barely play in the game, so why you want to play now? So I think that's funny. Um and the reason I say I respect what Blue doing is because he has a daughter and the draft is in April. So if you playing in the spring, then how are you gonna put your name in the draft? You know what I'm saying? You only had one semester left and I can respect that. So he gave me a legitimate reason. I'm like, okay, cool, I respect that. Then I'm just gonna have to be by myself. You know what I'm saying? I can't depend on you no more. You know what I'm saying? Even though you, you know say you're my brother, I understand you're making a business decision and I respect that. So now I gotta move forward. Focus on the ones that's playing.
0: Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And so for right now, how you said that you're just gonna chill at home and be ready to go when the season starts again. Uh, you, how are you been strengthening? I mean, how have you been doing? Like you know, strength and conditioning, and where you been training at?
2: My pops got me a bench set, yeah. so I have dumbbells and I have workout tools to use in the garage. Every night I hit, I hit 200 pushups a night straight. We're well, not straight, but 100 and stop doing that 100. So that, that right there, work on my core to top the workout. Getting in shape-wise, I ain't going to lie to you. I'm going to be honest with you. I am out of shape right now. If you (laughs) ask me, I would say I'm in shape. But right now, I'm out of shape. I gave my body a break from just running. um, and just focusing on working out. reason I say that is because, like, okay, cool, I'm in shape, I'm in shape, I'm in shape. But I also got to understand, dude, you went through four knee surgery. So you got to, at time, slow it down, turn it down. And when it's time to amp it up, okay, let's dry. You feel me? Um I've been working out either at uh, at the Y or at Planet Fitness or even here, but I prefer staying home. Um because I don't know who touched them, them dumbbells or whatever. Excuse me. So yeah, I just been working out here. Every time before I go to bed, I get on and you know what I'm saying, start hitting the waves.
0: Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because like you said, you never really know. I see a lot of the gyms they're asking you to wear a mask and stuff, but you never really know yeah. what people are doing because it is a lot of, you know, sweating and stuff going on. Real. Uh, but on uh, Dominate the Decade podcast, we always ask our guests, "How do you plan to dominate this next decade?" I know for you, one event probably be just you know you stay healthy as much as possible. But uh yeah. any other things you're open to accomplish.
2: Um, I say dominate the decade. I take one day at a time. Stay true to who I am. Become a better person each and every day. If you're in the wrong, say you're in the wrong. Grow from it. Learn from. Life's too short, man. Take it day by day. Enjoy your family, enjoy your loved ones, cherish them. And every day, it used to be great. Because why wake up? You know what I'm saying? If if you're not chasing the dream. So that's what I gotta to say to that.
0: That's real, that's real. Do
2: you have any uh
3: takes on if the NFL season will happen? Uh what do you Predict what happen with that. Do you think they're gonna play it all the way through? Do you think it's gonna?
2: Oh yeah, I think I think you know what I'm saying. Most definitely, NFL gonna play through. The reason I say that is because the NBA showed that how bub can should work. Yeah. They had zero positive tests within two to three months. That's that's amazing, bro. Nice. If it, like if you look at New Zealand, if a lot of people don't talk about New Zealand, but they ain't had no they ain't had no cases over a, a month now. Nah. You know what I'm saying? Because they handled that the right way. It's based how you handle it, and the NBA was showing how the NBA had it organized and worked out that just shows that you have everything in order and have the right protocols then things can go right and i think i think the nfl going to get it right so uh kind of
1: speaking of the nfl and also just kind of the times we're in right now obviously there's been a lot of like protests and like you know a lot of athletes really are kind of on the front lines of a lot of this stuff you know speaking up about you know what's you know going on in the world outside of you know their particular sport so like kind of what are your thoughts on like that whole sort of a thing 'Cause obviously there's those people that'll be like, Okay, well, you know, just shut up and dribble. So like what are your thoughts on, you know, people using their
2: platforms in these sorts of ways? I definitely feel as though you know what I'm saying, they're doing it the right way because when you do it a violent way, nothing good comes come out of You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of a lot of people that do it the violent way. But I say the people that that, that has the, the higher platform right now to speak, that's all you really need right there because yeah, people gonna look at them like, oh yeah, you know what I'm saying? They play ball, they do this, they do that, they play challenge. they do that. But at the same time, they have to see and understand that, yo, look at this is a serious matter. is is it's, it's no BS, it's straight through the business. Like, we need to handle the issues in this country right now so that we can get to the next step and grow from this. You know what I'm saying? Is it right that all these like all these innocent people's dying? No. But at the same time, we got to handle it and still move the right way and not get out of character because that's what people want us to do. They want us to get out of character. They want us to act like a fool. They want to act like we ain't got no common sense. And when we do that, then that gives them a right to continue to act the way that they act. But once we continue to do what we supposed to do, like, you know what I'm saying, LeBron, Donovan Mitchell, all of them have the highest platform and they showing it off, they doing it every single day. They being who they are. Speak up for it, wrong is wrong, right is right. I don't care if you're white, purple, black, yellow, green, whatever. If you're in the wrong, you're in the wrong. So when you're in the wrong, you got consequences behind it, you know? It is what it is. Yeah, it's a country, but at the same time, this country's not gonna get better until we actually put the right—you know what I'm saying—put the right people in the office and handle handling the business. Treat everybody, treat everybody the same. If you know what I'm saying, kill somebody, arrest the person. It's not hard. You ain't got looking too much stuff. Y'all look too much into the, the Declaration of Independence and, and the Constitution. Right, bump all that. You kill somebody, you kill somebody. You know, such thing. black people get less time. No, I bump that. Yes, yes, in reality, black people get more time than white people. It's 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 a known fact. But at the same time, that's why a lot of them starting to get out of jail or prison because they didn't do anything. It was just they black. Mm-hmm. So it's like I, I'm, I'm glad they're using their platform to do what they have to do because a lot of people is actually watching the bubble and they don't have no choice but to see that. And hopefully it get through their mind that being ignorant is not the way. It's not going to get you nowhere in life. So I'm glad they do what they gotta do to make people watch it. Yeah, that's one thing
3: that I've really noticed with that. They are super in your face about it, almost to the point where it's like, oh, they're they're doing a little bit too much, then you remember, there's people out there that don't hear this and they want to ignore it. So you see them all the time, like they make sure to say Breonna Taylor's name, they make sure to say George Floyd's name, all these different people. And all these injustices so they're really putting it in your face and i bet for some people that want to ignore it or choose to ignore it they're like oh man i can't eat yeah. this so now that's exactly what you're aiming for correct yeah hey i have a question from the beginning um yo Blythewood wanted you to talk a little bit about all of the athletes that come out of there i often reference like dutch fork finest i went to dutch fork a whole bunch yeah. of assets, a whole bunch of success there. But I don't know if people know or not. Uh a lot of talent has come out of Blythewood and continues to come out of Blythewood. Number one, what y'all got going in the water over there? <laughs> Number two, uh tell us a little bit about school days and some of the people that came out of there.
2: With everything going on. I haven't been to Blythewood in like three years. I mean, with everything going on. Um, I don't know the coach. Um, but now I would say with Blythewood, one I don't know what's in the water. It's just athletes, It's just the athlete. Yeah. And um, to be honest with you, I say that was more of a brotherhood. Once Blythewood was built, it became a brotherhood. Now, a lot of people don't understand. If Westwood was not built, Blythewood would have at least four or five rings right now. And I would say it's just this is just a brotherhood. It's just when one person like soon one person left, we always took everybody underneath the wing and challenged that person to be a better version of that person who just left. And my experience at these DJ, I mean, it's crazy now because we had actually two deaths back-to-back, and they were legends. Um, you probably know him, Coach Craig. He was at Irmo. Uh, he had coach at Blythewood for a minute. And then um, we had a dude named D. Mills. He reminded me of a camp chancellor. Bro was like 6'4", 6'5". I was a freshman. He was a senior. And bro could hit. He could play safety and linebacker. Bro was just talented all around. And he passed away so god bless their souls but my friends at blackwood was pretty good man once i got on campus they actually raised me up um i was a little pup until i was able to my stripes once i earned my stripes i was a head honcho and when i was a head honcho i made sure things was in place the same way the head honchos was in place when i was young so it was more of a tradition that's the only thing we know is winning so once blackwood started losing it was like yo you know what i'm saying it's not a black we know because you know what i'm saying like we, that's the only thing we do is win. I remember my my last year we lost to y'all at the last second. That was 2015. Uh, and actually, I know matter of fact, I know a lot of cats at Dufford because I was supposed to go to Dufford, and I played with Stephen Davis Panthers. So I don't know if you heard of that organization, Pop Warner. Um, so I'm cool with like Will Smith. I at mean, Will Sweeper, um, Steve, Dominique, um, Scott. A lot of them cats. Them boys hilarious. But, uh, um, Coburn, All all them cats I played with because we all played Stephen Davis football together until I moved over here. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? Both of us both got a dynasty, but y'all got a powerhouse, hands down. Um I just know how to win. And I love that. Y'all y'all play for one another. So you no know, nut nothing like nothing but respect to y'all boy over there. Well it's it's not me, but uh Yeah. <laughs> uh
0: now when we're talking about Blythewood High School, I know some of the names right off the bat. Jalen Williams, like you said, yeah the Dominique, I think he went on to play the Wofford. Hassan Belton. Yeah. Uh there's another one. Yeah. Jordan Adams, who Clemson was waiting on. And Clemson gets a lot of wide receiver commits. So the fact that they were holding off for him says something. He ended up going to play baseball. I think he got drafted, right?
3: Yeah, Yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah, so life, they have major athletes. It seems like this power shifted a little bit now to Ridgeview High School. Every year they're up for a state championship in football. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, and so for football and basketball, that's one of the better schools nowadays in that region too.
2: Yeah. yeah, yes, indeed. All
0: right, so Chris, uh, we appreciate you coming on. Chris gave us a lot of information. Hopefully, inspired the listeners. Uh, thanks, y'all. Thanks, like once again, Chris, and uh, thanks everybody for tuning in to another episode of Dominate the Decade podcast. Uh, make sure to follow us on the socials as we go up on there. And for the sponsors, make sure to visit their restaurants. So, and that's it for you. Uh, that's it for me, guys. Y'all got anything else to add?
2: No, I appreciate so, you having me, man.
0: For sure, for sure. All right, <laughs> peace. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice. That's why, all my life, I've been grinding all my life.